Hey everyone, Mitch from the Foamy Heads here. We went on site to the Crazy Gnome Brewery in this next interview. Um, it was a fantastic opportunity to test not only our minimal setup for audio, but just to see how things would go in person. And, uh, you know, it's a weird time uh, right now. So we took all the precautions necessary. Everything was as close to six feet, if not more, apart. And it was just, uh, you know, an interesting little setup. One of the mics chose to not fully cooperate, unfortunately. So that's uh, my fault for not bringing, bringing any headset to just check audio with before we got rolling and started drinking. So anyway, uh, we're just a little faint on the mics, uh, the two hosts, Richard and myself. So um, the actual content you would want to hear from the Crazy Gnome is loud and clear. So uh, without further ado, enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Foamy Heads. Mitch and Rich are on the mic today, and we are inside Crazy No Brewery. It's Monday night, nobody else is in here. Kind of closed. To me, it's game day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've already got a couple beers poured in front of us, yeah. so I'm excited to get into it. I am, I'm really excited, too. Um, we've been here a couple of times. Uh, I know, Mitch, I was here uh, with DJ at one point, and I was here with So we're actually with the two owners of Crazy Gnome tonight. Um, rather than me try to introduce them, I guess we'll let them do that themselves and we can just kind of get started. So sure, you guys want to kick us off? Uh, my name is uh, Bennett. Um, I'm a smaller co-owner um, and I mostly uh, do front of house stuff, help out a little bit with kind of the operational like kegging and carving and things like that. Just the, the grunt labor things in the, in the brewing side. Yeah, that's true. And you do all of the woodworking and et cetera well, that we need done. I don't know, when we, when we need a table built, you'll build it. <laughs> hey Got guys. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, hey y'all, I'm, I'm Grayson. I'm the other owner here and I brew all of the beer and do all the numbers and pretty much all the back of house sort of things. Yeah. Are you guys from Nashville? From Knoxville. So Knoxville? not too far away. Oh, I've been here for about five years, so. Okay. That's awesome. Well, we had a trip down in Knoxville a while back. Uh, they've exploded in the last yes, they have. couple few years. I don't but, know how I feel about it. They they got really cool right after I left. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I, I kept thinking about leaving Nashville occasionally, and then it kept getting better and better and yeah. better. I, I feel like a three, four years flip by, and all of a sudden there's craft beer everywhere. Yeah. The distribution laws here used to just suck. That's right. Terribly. Yeah. But I mean, you guys picked a good city to open up. Nashville's exploding with craft beer, and there's, you know, there's a lot of good craft beer that's kind of blowing up, and you guys are relatively, probably, if not the newest, one of the newest in Nashville. Yeah. Um, recently opened this year. Yep, August, Re mid August 15th. Right, yeah. <laughs> Tried to do it a little earlier. We're hit by a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> um, 2020's been a crazy year. Yeah. You had a tornado, yeah. and then shortly after the tornado, you had a pandemic that you had to deal with. Yep, it's uh, it's been a year. But yeah. hey, we're here. We're, we're here. doing it. We're open, and now we're drinking. That's, That's right. right. That's yeah. what matters. 
Yeah, so we actually have beers in front of us already. Um, they were gracious enough to pour beers for us tonight, so we've got something in front of us. Um, I guess it's the Red Hat Ale, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You want to take us through this one? Sure thing. Um, so we're pushing for this one to be our flagship, you know, tinkering with it a little bit here and there. But when we're thinking about this one, we're thinking about we want to appeal to the most folks, uh, but still keep everything craft. Um, so we're not watering things down per se, but we, we're, we're not looking for uh, a niche market with this one. We are looking for broad appeal. And uh, w when you're looking at it, you should get a nice uh, ruby red there when, when when it's a nice fuller pour and when you get it in the light. Um, aroma, you're getting some sweeter malt notes. Yeah. And uh, it, it is a red ale, which for me is uh, a really delicious style of beer. A lot of the ones that I've had um, and a lot of malt forward beers in general have some really great sweetness on the front end, but they also that sweetness follows all the way through to the end of the beer and kind of hangs out in the back of my mouth in a way that I don't like. I understand how other people like it, and I understand that it's not necessarily not part of the style, but I don't like it. So we also add a little bit of rye in this one, which kind of dries it out towards the end. Nice. I really enjoy the smell. So one thing I will say, I have, okay, yeah, it's, the, the taste actually stays with you through the whole time, but it's not sweet all the way from start to finish. It kind of disappears real quick. Yeah. Um, I will say, I'm just kind of cheating a little bit, but we were here oh, yeah. a few days ago, and <laughs> this was on my flight anyway, and I really enjoyed this. I, I'll drink red ales all day long. They're just easy to drink, super yeah. tasty. Um, but you're right, most of them have that sweetness that lasts all the way through and kind of lingers with you at the end. I didn't pick up on the fact that this one does not do that a few days ago, so that was an interesting tip. I think it's uh, it's a way to make it even more drinkable. It, it helps you have more than one during the, during the day. That's crisp. Yeah. Well, a little bit of caramel. Um, rye, I guess that's the dryness on the end of that would, that would be the secret ingredient that's okay five percent yep um, easy drinking i like it this is something that i don't i guess you could drink this on a hot day but this is more of like this kind of weather for me where it's just kind of starting to get a little bit colder yeah um i could i could drink it outside i could drink it inside i think if it was going to be extremely hot i would go for something a little lighter this is perfect yeah. Really what do you think, Mitch? I really like it. <laughs> it's, it's been a while since I've had a red ale. And uh, there is usually always that foreboding notion that something's going to be kind of set potentially. And this kind of nips that out. I, I enjoy that. that. That was a good thought. It makes it where I can have multiple without. I, I don't know. Something about it having an extra. Yeah, it, I mean, that's fair. I wouldn't necessarily call it, yeah, like you said, not too dry. I mean, it's still a malt-forward beer. You know, you're still going to get mainly malt with this one. Yeah, that's the intention. Yeah. 
what's the uh, what's the Red Hat part of it? So I was looking at the name Red Hat Ale. Is there a reason for that name? Yeah, there, I mean, there's. Or there's, is it just because gnomes always have the red hats, <laughs> and that's kind of like the goal? So that's definitely the uh, obvious intentional first answer. Um, it's it, we want it to be our flagship. Gnomes have red hats. Red Hat Ale. Yep. Boom. There you go. Um, I also am in my day job an IT auditor, and I deal a lot with Red Hat Linux. Um, and I, I was wondering if that's where it, was <laughs> it may or may not also have that as sort of a double meaning. Yeah. And I was so excited. A, a few of the folks, there's a Red Hat office here in Nashville, and they have learned about our brewery, and they they've come out here and had it, and so. Nice. We're we're kind of popular within <laughs> this Red Hat Linux That's community. Awesome. Free marketing. <laughs> yeah. That's some pretty pretty uh, narrow scope marketing yeah, right, right there. Free marketing, free marketing. It doesn't matter if it's wide or narrow. Yeah. Um, so that that was really fun. They they were. I was glad to see that they were excited to see a beer, kind of inspired <laughs> by their name and not litigious. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It can go that way with anybody nowadays. <laughs> That was tasty. I liked that one. Um, I really enjoy that caramel leftover taste. Mm. I get a little bit of a, kind of going back to the finish, I get a little bit of a lift on the end. I guess it's, you mentioned Grayson, it's kind of the rye that, that, that's providing that. I get like a champagne feel at the end because when I'm drinking it, it starts out sweet. And then after I'm finished with it, it kind of like lifts off the back of my mouth or off the back of my palate. Not a bubbly sense in a way, mm -hmm. but it's a dry finish that kind of just appears at the end. And I, I attribute that to the rye because it's not as sweet as the rest of the beer is. I mean, we're also using a pretty hearty yeast that nearly fully attenuates. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of residual sugar in this one. I liked it. It was good. Yeah. I might have to go order one. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. All right, here we go. Now, what's our, now uh, we're talking. <laughs> yeah, what's our next one? What do you think? Number two. I think we're looking for Je ne sais quoi, our Belgian Saison. Ooh, yes. You like Saisons. I do. Uh, I, I like Belgian Saisons. Yes. Uh, I still haven't been able to find anybody to replicate what I had in Memphis that one time. The, uh, was it the, was it High Cotton? It was High Cotton. I don't remember what they call their their saison, but it was just a lot of black pepper. Black pepper. Okay. So instead of a, you know, some people might be familiar with saisons having a little bit of a, you know, a tart, like yeah. a sour taste to it. This was the opposite. Yeah. It had a really, really kind of black peppery nose and notes at the end of uh, not only when you smelled it, but also when you when you drank it. It was I good. I wonder how this is going to differ being a Belgian saison. It's kind of more. Of, I'm not expecting. No, <laughs> not at all. That's just one of my favorites. That's all in the old memory bank that I'll never be able to probably see. And we're drinking out of their actually their their full size glasses also. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Rather than drinking them out of five. I mean, no offense to like flight glasses, you know they're good, but I don't think you get the full experience mm -hmm. as drinking out of something of this size because you get that flavor that kind of starts out here and then kind of narrows as it goes towards the top of the glass and hits you in the face as you're smelling. 100%. And, you know, it's pretty sad. Our, definitely our number one selling item here are flights, uh, without a question. And 
you know, we've put a lot of effort into having nice looking play cords and, and we think it's really fun. They're also pretty cheap because um, we want people to kind of be able to have the freedom to drink around the board there. Um, we want to try all the beers. Right. And having 10 ounces of five different beers sometimes isn't it is almost part of the equation. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll say, you know, you the, the type of glassware really makes a difference. And if you see a snifter as, as one of your options, you know, asking to get your beer poured in that glass, you know, even if you have to take a half pint or whatever, I guarantee you you're going to enjoy that beer more. Right. Um, unless it has a really terrible aroma, which it would be unfortunate. This one does not, by the way. This one smells <laughs> really good. Yeah. This is, so, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. KWA. So, it, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess for those of you listening, after, uh, uh, yes, this okay. would be named after my girlfriend, Jenna. Um, if if you put up with me long enough, you get a beer named after you. I guess that's oh, okay. that's Jenna. That's quite. Um, that, that was terrible. <laughs> that was good. Wrong with it. <laughs> this smells really good too. Very Belgian. Yeah. So we, about this one. Yeah. So we we wanted a uh, a pretty true to form classic saison. I also love saisons. They're my favorite style. Um, so we wanted to get straight in my mind, DuPont has the quintessential Saison. Um, I haven't personally tasted one that tops that. Um, it's everything that a Saison should be, except that it's really hard to get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, we're also looking to capture, yep, black pepper, spice, you know, some people have pointed out some coriander and, and some other notes in there as well. Uh, obviously none of those spices are in here. It is all from the yeast. So we're just doing our best to keep the yeast healthy, happy, and, and let them uh, give off some of those phenols. Nice. Is, uh, so would this be the style of beer that brought you into craft beer? Or to Actu actually, no. Uh, a, a dark wheat beer. Um, a, a Dunkelweizen from uh, Erdinger is what did it for me. It was a long time ago. It's been a while since I've had it. Yeah. It's been a while since I've had it. I've had their Oktoberfest. They do agree. <laughs> they do agree. The only one actually from theirs that I've had. I honestly did not know how to pronounce it just until now. So oh, this is okay. Good. <laughs> We're learning. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you ever have a chance to get your hands on Erding or Dunkel, they're pretty fantastic. Yeasty. This is cool. Yeah. I don't know much about Saisons <laughs> or Belgian, just Belgian beers in Some, yeah, some people have found, you know, it. There's not necessarily wrong answers here. I mean, there's a few wrong answers, but um, uh, some people are are more quick to pick up some of those ban banana aromas. I'm a little more nose blind to banana stuff, so I don't necessarily get that as much. So that's why, you know, whenever I'm doing recipes, I always you got to make sure you focus group it get a lot of people trying it so you right. can kind of build what sort of things and that's particularly tricky with some of the more yeast forward beers because it is all these amazing aromas and you know it's not any one thing but you're just calling out to familiar things in your past that sure. to pick out some of those flavors but yeah banana especially with with most belgian ales banana is very uh common uh, aroma to pick out of there i uh, picked up so my 
initial, I guess it's wrong to say it's my journey into craft beer, but the first beer that opened my mind was St. Bernard's Abbott 12. And it was a Belgian quad. Okay. And eventually I went down the whole Belgian path, you know, and got into their blonde style L's and all yeah. of that. And it's, there's some nice little diversity between all of them, but I found out and I still bought recently uh, with beers. Okay. No. So it's weird. Uh, it almost tastes more Hefeweizen to me, which banana stuff, not huge into Hefeweizens, but I like, you know, everything else except for those two, really. It, it's weird. Even though it has banana in it, it's not as strong as those other styles. But yeah. I ended up picking up a, another wit beer by St. Bernard's. And still have the same opinion. <laughs> Did not, uh, I don't know, I, I would say age in my opinion and enjoy it. For me, I think you know the banana aroma falls into two categories: banana bread and then just banana or like almost candied, like runsk banana. I do. I never mind it when when I'm getting banana bread out of a beer. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily love some of the more aggressive banana notes that some beers have that I've brewed. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I want to build on that for a second. This is that's interesting because I've never thought about different flavors of banana whether it's more like sweet candy corn like nerds because they oh it's so terrible but like yeah. they make nerds bananas where it's just like fake artificial sweet sugary banana but then there's bready yeasty bready banana like like you said almost like banana bread i'm kind of picking up more of the latter on this one thank you it's more like <laughs> it's not i don't want to say this is a sweet beer because it's not i'd actually say the the redhead ale was probably sweeter front than this one is this one's more yeasty mm -hmm. um, but it's got that that ready taste on the end with a little bit of a banana flavor so i enjoy it a lot yeah absolutely i mean this one you know by contrast i wasn't really doing anything uh, to keep this beer dry per se other than letting the yeast fully attenuate um so it, it, it again it doesn't have much in the way of residual sugars but you definitely keep that sweet malt uh backbone as the yeast flavors sort of dissipate, uh, it kind of dissolves more into just the malt remaining there. And I think that's, you know, we were talking about how I didn't, for red ales, like the, the sweetness hanging out in the back of your mouth. I think you do get that with this one. It's not necessarily sugar, it's just that malted uh, alcohol thing. Does this beer take longer to, to make on average, I mean, than some of the other beers on your list because the yeast ferments longer, or is it? Uh, I think that's true for, uh, I, well, I have personally found that to be true for a uh, regular Belgian ale that I'm working on right now. Um, not for saisons. Uh, you actually let them ferment at a higher temperature. Um, if you were to keep them at a lower temperature, then they would probably... Um, I ended up spilling a little yeah. bit swirling my drink. I got carried away watching it. Sorry, thank you. You're good. Um, I, I think uh, it, you know temperature plays a huge role in it. And saisons they prefer a higher temperature, even higher than some of your other ales. So a typical ale might be at uh, 68 degrees. You could do a saison anywhere 72 to 78 degrees, and it'll ferment the same amount of time. Gotcha. So it's all a wash at the end. I mean, yeah. It takes the same amount of time possible. Six point. I'm looking at your board. 
doesn't say qual eligible, it says it's on 6.3%-ish. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. Like, uh, It's real smooth. Man. And I get it. And I don't know what other ones we're getting into tonight that they're yeah. going to show us, but I've had a few of them from the board, and every single time that I've had each of these, whether it be the higher or the lower, none of them drink. They, they all drink easily. They always drink very, very easily, you know, 8%, 9%. I'm just looking at some of the stuff on the boards there, and it is not. Grace just wants to back grab the crawler or something. So some apologies on this one. We just had uh, one of our good buddies come in to stock up on a few crawlers, and we had a uh, a problem with the sealer on the mice among lions, which is our next opportunity here. So it was kegged or canned an hour ago. Um, so it's still carbonated, but it is coming out of a leaking, sketchy looking. <laughs> Yeah. Instead of pouring it down the drain, we're going to pour it into our glasses. Awesome. <laughs> that one was super tasty. Yeah, man. I really liked that one. Going from a red ale to a Belgian Saison, that was good. And then we're next going to be moving to, I think he said it was the Mice Among the Lions, which is a hazy double IPA, which sits at 9.5%. I will say, I had this one a few days ago also, and it was the because I'm a hop guy. I like hop forward beers. Um, but what impressed me the most about this one is that it didn't drink like a nine and a half percent beer. And I stood up. So oh, yeah. Get that four going. There that's we go. That would be a sound bite. Hey. That's a good sound bite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if you heard that on any other recordings, but since we're right next to our mics, we're often like, hearing the That's the goal. Is, yeah. <laughs> I'm usually way more vocal in my throat, but I'm trying to keep it mild. Oh man, that's still color is good. Good head on that. Light carbonate. Okay, so this one, I mean, we could go pretty crazy on, on the tastings on this one. It is nine and a half, so I mean, enjoy. Absolutely. So uh, it actually kind of came about how um, we, being pretty new, look, looking to source ingredients uh, from, from different areas, we came across a, a local malt company uh, that uh, had a pretty good introductory offer for us to try a whole bunch of their malt. I was used to uh, brewing with a couple of more mainstream and mostly imported grains. So I liked the idea of being a small business importing some some malt. I'm not I'm not gonna say their names because I did not have a really good experience with this malt. Um, and in fact ended up having to dump my first beer. It just had a bunch of really, really bad flavoring that I didn't really like. Come to find out that Harding House is actually one of the regular customers and you know, I've, I've had their beer before. There's nothing that I've ever had there that I would have thought would have been 
as bad as the experiences that I were, that I had with this mall. Um, I'm still not going to be probably ordering too much from from these people again, but I, you know, that that was the start of our kind of like relationship here, and you know, we were able to kind of dissect, you know, some some differences in our brewing uh, techniques and why those kind of would have given us some different results there. So it was a great learning opportunity. And as we were discussing and comparing like their brew house versus our brew house, we kind of, kind of came to find out that uh, they they can't really brew uh, higher gravity beers and we can. And we were already kind of looking for an excuse at that point to do some sort of collaboration. <laughs> yeah. And I had yet, the highest thing I had brewed to that point was 8.1%. So I was like, I want to beat that. And they were like, well, we just want a really high alcohol beer on our menu for once okay. uh so, so they can get this one at their location as absolutely well. yep so awesome. we, we split it down the middle half of it's over there half of it's over here they're out in the nations we're in east nashville That's it's two totally different markets yeah. uh so it's been really cool um i mean everything about it's been pretty great so we got to learn a little bit about some some other ways to to, to mash and sparge that might help deal with some more difficult grains um they were able to get a higher gravity beer than, than usual and we also just had a lot of fun playing with some really fancy hops yeah like we used the best hops in our collection they used the best hops in their collection because we wanted to make this right yeah. and it totally comes through we triple dry hopped this thing we did some awesome. active fermentation dry hopping which destroys the yeast but we didn't care yeah. and uh it just turned out really are you allowed to share the hops that are in this? Oh, yeah, for beer? sure. Yeah, we've got Citra, Lemon Drop, uh, Cascade, and Azaka. Okay. Um, I think we did some bittering with Magnum. Okay. And the dry hop at the end was with? Uh, it was with, was with all, all of those. those. At, we did okay. three different stages of dry hopping, uh, each with different <laughs> amounts of them. Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love to drink this right now. I really do. It makes, it's inspired me to one day create. Oh, I guess one other thing is we did two honey additions as well to extend the uh, active, the, the primary fermentation period so that we could keep dry hopping. Uh, so that, so some of its more amber color is due in part from this local honey that, that we got. From was that adding, adding the honey in was part of the goal also to kick the ABV up a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, definitely, and it was also just to get some uh, better flavors out of it. Yeah. You get some hop, some impact to the hop oils that you extract during dry hopping are altered in some really delicious ways yeah. if there's also fermentation occurring in the vessel. It's really good. We went to Harding House one time. It was on their one year anniversary. Okay. We, were, we went there on their one year anniversary. Okay. The place was packed. Yeah. They were um, not getting a break from this place. No, they really <laughs> were not. We yeah. you try to order flights, and they were like, it's going to be 15 minutes. Um, they didn't have the glasses. They couldn't keep them going fast enough. The place was crazy. They had a DJ going. They had guys making food down there. Party. It was That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, they were... They had they had their ass handed to them that day because everybody showed up in masses. 
you know, that was just their one year party. I think they've been around. They've been around. That was probably so a they, year ago. Yeah, yeah, they they actually just had their second year. Okay. That time they learned from that. Evident. I did not realize how oh. how much chaotic it, that was. They actually split it out over uh, a four day weekend. So they or three day weekend, and it was actually really cool. So they released a new beer on. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Each That's day, cool. four beers in four days wow. to celebrate two years. So, and then, and then they had something different going on each day uh, to try and chop it up instead of make it one huge blowout. Yeah, um, I, the, we didn't. Nothing bad to say about. Them. We've only been there one time, but we just had a few of their glasses, and it all tasted the same. So we just got confused, kind of tried to figure it out with them, and it was just so chaotic. So great what we yeah. have. Yeah, haven't been back yet, so we'll be coming back. Absolutely. Especially after this. <laughs> you know, you like at least one thing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's odd that it's taken. I think we would have been back this year if it wasn't for the type of year that 2020 turned into. Right. You know? Right. You sound like uh, you know more about this pandemic probably than most other people <laughs> right now. I want to, if I could jump into that real quick. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how detailed we want to get with it, but tornado, yeah, coronavirus pandemic, 2020, just election year. I mean, it's just like everything, like, and you guys, especially because you guys are a brewery, but you're a small business, mm-hmm. you know, and businesses, I work retail, we got hit hard. Right. Um, I'm in IT, I'm on the IT side of things, but I still am employed by a retail company. We got hit hard. You guys got decimated. You're, you know, the tornado hit you guys right before you were about to open. Pandemic hit you right when you were ready to open. So kind of walk us through what 2020 has been <laughs> for you at a high level and what's brought you here today. I mean, going into 2020 for us was already a little frustrating because we were really expecting to be open uh November, December 2019. And we had some really frustrating uh, delays that, I mean, everyone tells you construction takes longer than it's supposed to, but some of the things that we did were rather just unexcusable. Um, and so we were, we were already in a fairly frustrated place. Uh, we were just anxious to get open. We were having to play a much more active role in overseeing the construction than we thought we would, according to Dr. Um, this is not your specialty either, right? <laughs> well, it became my specialty. Yeah, I, I, it is I, now. <laughs> um, and, you know, I guess hindsight being 2020, it was all kind of a warm-up to what was about to happen to us. Uh, we were sort of being pushed to play a more active role in everything just out of necessity and then you know the the timeline of events around the tornado are very vivid to me we got our final permit our manufacturing our alcohol manufacturing permit on friday we cleaned the brew house on saturday we brewed beer on sunday 12 30 on tuesday morning it was all destroyed in a tornado yeah uh so that was the timeline it was devastating unreal uh there were a few silver linings, but overall just absolutely insane. 
and between then and us opening, it was a lot of work, a lot of construction, a lot of overseeing. And I mean, I mean, I don't know, Bennett, what your thoughts on it, but it kind of felt like we had just had the practice that we needed to do it again much faster and better the second time around. I mean, yeah, that's true. We had to learn how to do a bunch, and then we know how to do it. Definitely. With our glycol lines, I think the first time we, we ran all of those, it was like, I don't know how many days, probably upward, like more than 10 solid days of trying to figure out how to run our glycol lines. And yeah. It took us no, more than 10. What am I talking about? It was probably like 25. <laughs> um, and then the second time it was like five. five. So, but we, you know, I would have still probably preferred to only have to do it once. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. The experience helped you the second time. Yes, yes. <laughs> Basically, if anyone has uh, some pretty deep pockets and wants to hire us to build a brewery, we're pretty experienced you at this point. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, in all seriousness, you know, it was it was pretty crazy. And then, you know, as we were getting closer, what was really devastating was was the bar closure on the third of July. And you know, we didn't have our crawler machine in yet, so we were you know we were planning on having this. I I turned thirty on July twelfth, so I was <laughs> shocking. I know. Um, so it was like a big deal to me that we opened to the public before I turned 30. I thought for sure, having signed a lease on this building in June of 2019, that that would have been accomplishable. But it wasn't. We opened August 15th. Uh, so we, we couldn't make it happen because uh, because of this, you know, pandemic, really, yeah. and, and some more complications from the recovery from the tornado. So that was a bummer but i will say our opening day was chaos it was unbelievable it was to go only because we said you know screw it we're opening regard the mayor can't close us down because we can still be open for to go only yeah. we can't just sit here and bleed money we have to get open so we opened uh, even though we weren't allowed to have people inside um and man we canned that we opened up the pre-orders on Friday just to kind of get an idea on demand and we canned all of those plus an additional like 100 cans or something for like the walk-ins and the yeah. people that want an extra mm -hmm. like. and uh, we started canning prowlers at like 11 a.m. that day and we weren't able to stop canning until 5 p.m. That's awesome. We smashed our like goals or whatever it was kind of tricky because i don't really remember that day that well i was mostly canning the entire day um, and just kind of barely like interacting with customers here and there it was it was just really exciting though person after person just so many people showed up for our first day and that, that was i don't know that was definitely the first day that i mean it wasn't how i wanted to have it but it was it was very rewarding to finally get makes for an interesting story that this is how you want it to happen. This is how it really happened because you had a bunch of bullshit that happened between yeah. when you were planning to open and when you actually did open. And it, it's, we've, 
talked with other people before, and every single time we talked to them, they're talking about like this is how they wanted to do it. It never ended up being how they not. wanted to do it, but you guys made it, you know, and you yeah. opened. And it's a, I'm sure it's a humbling and stressful, but humbling experience to be able to say, on my opening day, I had to keep canning crowlers and beers all day because Nashville kept showing up and yeah. they kept wanting to get more and more beer. So it's a stressful time but at the same time it's got to be rewarding oh 100 percent stressful in the best show way up to buy your beer. yeah yeah exactly yeah it 100 stressful in a very great and rewarding way for sure i like and, good stress yeah <laughs> <laughs> rewarding stress yeah and and you know it it's it's tricky because i mean i think you know we were starting at that time I think we as a community were, were starting to be over the fear and getting anxious and wanting to get out again and, and we were a great outlet for them to do that. And then I think, you know, with this third wave hitting, you know, we're not out of the woods yet and I think I I mean I think we can feel that fear starting to set back in with people. Yeah. And you know, I'm not like talking down about that at all. I think, you know, we are also nervous and afraid and I mean that's why we take our safety very carefully um, because we we, we don't we want to stay open and we also don't want to get sick yeah um, <laughs> so <laughs> love you Nashville but <laughs> six feet <laughs> um, yeah it's it's hard it it continues to be hard uh, we had our nice shining moment in our opening and, and now we're starting to get into the mundane of it all and it's still, you know, it's gonna be a slump of an end to the year. And the only bright thing in the horizon is the vaccine. And really that's it. Everything else at this point is just maintenance, is just keeping your head above water. It's not thriving, it's surviving. Yeah. And you know, that's a crappy place to be. Um, to keep on keeping on kind of mentality. Yeah. Extra stuff you have to do every day. Yeah. So, I mean, not to end on too much of a downer note, but it is kind of a downer time, like, where, where we've ended up right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the sunny side of it is, is with slightly smaller demand, gives me more flexibility to experiment. So I get to, you know, crank out a weird beer if I want to, because I don't have to be bending over backwards to keep our cores on, on tap, um, because we have plenty of our cores to go around. So that's nice. Uh, helps keep the uh, spirit of innovation alive. That's true. There's always some new beer every weekend here, <laughs> and it still blows my mind. I can say that about Nashville in general. You know, yeah. it's used to just not be. Uh, we're pretty much both still not transplanted, right? I mean, yeah, you were. You were just, but that was really young. So yeah, you're, you're growing up self. So like Mitch and I are literally those customers, you know, it's like you come to work and you're like, okay, I've got to, I've got to can this, I have to brew this, I have to make this. 
you're looking at the other side of the bar, you've got people like Mitch and I that are working in completely different spaces going, we're looking for an out during this pandemic. And we look at you guys for that. So like it or not, you guys are on a pedestal above us because we are looking to you guys to help us get through this. And it's a stressful time, but that's kind of how Nashville sees craft breweries and that's how Nashville sees crazy known. That's how we see you guys as individuals as this is your place. This is your baby trying to make it happen. And we are looking for an outlet to say this world fucking sucks right now. <laughs> you guys can help us with a little bit of that. Living courage. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the darker reason, darker version of the same reason why we started doing this in the first place. Absolutely. It, I love consuming. I'm not knocking being a consumer at all, but I mean, I'm just personally driven to be one of the reasons why Nashville continues to be a great place. And I don't, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn and say, I am one of the reasons Nashville is a great place. But you are. But that's, but that's my commitment. And, and like, however I can grow and evolve and build this place to better support the trajectory that I think Nashville is on right now, which I think is a great trajectory. I love how Nashville's growing and I love that it's keeping its soul, but expanding. And, you know, we want to be a part of that culture. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that is what we're here for. I mean, it's not, it's only mundane in the fact that we've got bills that are due pandemic or no. Yeah. <laughs> Bills don't know pandemics. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it. That was a tasty beer. I think I drank it a little bit too quick. <laughs> it was Uh-oh. great. I did it this past weekend too. <laughs> uh, it was good. Well, next up, we've got our sour beer. So to completely wreck our palates, we've got our kettle sour. Don't be a sucker. Is that the one you have listed on your board, the great, the, or the green apple? Uh, the sour, or is that, oh, number no, seven. Number okay, seven. gotcha. So you, oh, okay. Sour Saison. So, um, this is the piece where they're going to have to walk me through all the players because I am not. Yeah, you're a little notorious yeah. on the recording, so. I'm just going to let you know right now, I am not a sour beer person. That's okay. And I've had I've had a couple of them. I've had one or two where I go, that's good. I can drink that. Um, but it's not the, it could be just the fact that all the sours that I've had have been funky or just like gross, but because I'm not, I'm not offset by tartness, right. um, which a lot of people can mistake for sour. I, I can view them as two different. Um, kettle sours, I think, are a little bit different because they're not that funky, like, they're right. not sour sour. They're more naturally occurring. So you're going to have to walk me through this one a lot. So we have a habit of naming our beers after we brew them. Um, and when we were thinking of how this one smelled, I kept thinking about candy. Um, and, I can see that. And so... Not like any particular candy flavor, but just candy in general. Okay. And that's kind of what led to the name Don't Be a Sucker. Be and a sucker. 
and I didn't realize what a wonderful name that was. Uh, someone else actually ended up pointing it out to me that it opens me up to having a whole series of these, which we have fully embraced, a la don't be a lemon sucker. Don't be a green apple sucker. So there's so you, other beers on the horizon exactly. for this Exactly. Oh, okay. You might be looking out for a don't be a ginger sucker here after yeah. we kick the green apple. Okay. So <laughs> this is our base sour. It is a soured Saison in that we fermented it with Saison yeast. That's going to just add a almost indetectable, undetectable amount of complexity towards the end. Um, I think what you're mostly going to get is a clean sour. Okay. Right now, This, this one right here is is definitely our top seller. All three, I, I, I mean, the Minus Among Lions is, is just a one-off collaboration. Right. But all, all three of the ones that we've had here are definitely our cores. Um, and I'd say 
probably we sell more Don't Be a Sucker than anything else. Uh, people really do seem to connect with it being like clean and sour but refreshing. Yeah. Um, being we, what we want to be is you know a local neighborhood hangout place, and we want to be part of the reason more people get into craft beer. And so that doesn't mean that means you know putting aside our uh, beer nerd and you know beer snob right. hats for a second, and and remembering like why people get into flavors that they enjoy, and that these beverages can be those flavors. So we started with you know the Red Hat, which is multi clean. It's if you like beer, this is beer but craft, and and I hope we accomplish that that's what we're gonna and if if we're not then we're gonna keep adjusting it in minor ways until we get there the je ne sais quoi has some really approachable spices in there that kind of hide the quintessential beer flavor under a layer of spice that i think it helps trap people in that that like something maybe a little heavier but with a little more spicier this one right here we're, we're looking at people who don't like beer at all. Right. Um, who, so you're using a sour to appeal to people that don't, people that don't like beer. Exactly. And it's weird to say that, but when people come in, they're like, I don't really like craft beer. I usually just drink wine, but my friends are wine. here. Okay. That's, what, that's what I get out of that. Thing. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, like and, a white wine? Not, I don't, I don't get wine out of it, but like I can understand somebody comes in and goes, ah, craft beer is not, you know, like I'll drink, I'll drink if like, you know, girls come in and be like, oh, if my boyfriend drinks this or my husband, and I just drink whatever. If they're a, if they're a wine person, whether it's like a, a, a white wine or dry wine or whatever, and they're just like, I'm not attributing this sour to wine, but this is the exact flavor profile that I think somebody that drinks wine would like would be something like this if they've never had a craft beer before. And the thing is, is we're not cheating. It's hops, grain, water, yeast, and a little bit of, and a little bit of probiotics to sour it. Yeah. I'll admit it. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, we're not adding any sugars, not adding any flavors. There's no cheats. There's nothing that, you know, it's, it is a beer. It is a craft beer. And, uh, you know, we're able to use this base to, make some more off the wall flavors uh like our <laughs> green apple yeah. or or the lemon which you know you want to talk about warheads yeah. that was like a oh, just a straight up lemon warhead oh, <laughs> it was intense um awesome. the ginger one is really off the wall too we're really excited about that um, i love ginger as long as it's not like the dark forest ginger <laughs> ginger too much ginger can be a bad thing <laughs> too much ginger in a beer can be a bad thing it truly <laughs> was they bring this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. So you're so the the goal here, you actually answered the question I was going to ask after I started drinking this beer ironically was you're not trying to be good in one or two specific styles. Not good but cater to one or two but you're not trying to be the hazy IPA brewery, you're not trying to be the the basic beer you're trying to be the brewery that when no matter who walks in the door you can say number eight or number seven we have a beer for you you 
may not drink craft beer, but I've got something that you're going to try and I think you're going to like it. Are you guys trying to be that brewery? Or are you trying to be the, it doesn't sound like you're trying to cater to the, the hopheads or to the stout guys or whatever. You know, we're not. I mean, honestly, what what we would like to be catering towards are bringing back really traditional, really true to form uh, old style beers. Um, and, you know, like a classic Saison. We had an ESB on there. We, you know, we, we had we we opened with uh, a Dunkelweizen. Oh. <laughs> of course, we did. It was the beer that got me the beer. But um, and it was very true to form. And and so I think by making sure though that we keep that you know high level accessibility, we can also be like, well, now you like our brand. Hey, why don't you try some of these quintessential beer types? And uh oh, before you know it, you're kind of a beer snob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I still wonder, you know, the St. Bernard has got me in, but at some point, when did I start critiquing beers? I don't know. <laughs> so then it became a thing. Oh, oh boy. Guess. No, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, so those ratings are kind of all over the place, right? Like, oh, we've talked we talk yeah. to multiple people, and they go, oh, okay, well, what's considered a good rating? And, yeah. like, at the end of the day, there is no standard for a good rating. Like, That's some true. people could come and say, oh, this beer is a five, and somebody else would go, why would you consider that beer to be a five? You know, it's like, that beer is a three. It's like, well, it doesn't matter because you might look up a beer just to see what everybody else is saying. Everybody else might be saying it's a three. Some people are saying it's a five and you go to the well, I don't know what to think. Well, the difference is everybody's rating scales differently. So untapped has created a, a, a unique opportunity for like marketing and, and like awareness of craft beer, but it's also created a problem. Yes. It, right. Because yeah. you can log on to untapped and you can go, this guy gave my beer a three. Why was it a three? Why couldn't it have been higher? And you go, well, like a guy like me, a three would be a beer that I would drink again. But like a three to somebody else would go, like, eh, a three's like middle of the road. I don't have to have it. You know, I think from our perspective, it untaps been pretty hard for me. I'll be yeah. honest. I, I wasn't expecting how difficult it would be to see what I consider bad reviews, and that's anything in the threes. Uh, that's anything below four. Um, <laughs> Because I didn't, I was not an untapped user. I didn't have the time. I just like drinking. Yeah. Um, and if I was doing anything, I was dissecting it. I would, you know, I drink for two reasons to have fun or to learn about a new style. And if I'm drinking to learn about a new style, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, I'm learning about it. And so I'm not even, I'm not critiquing it as much as I am dissecting it. And if I'm drinking to have fun, then I'm not critiquing it either. I'm just kind of turning my mind off. So it, Untapped has never appealed to me from a consumer standpoint. So going into it as a brewer, hot, you know, really tough, really tough to see though, to be, I've never been evaluated. Uh, on a scale of one to five before, right? uh, As rap, as, as the quantity of evaluations has never been there for me. I mean, yeah, gosh, I've like we we've been open for two months and we already have about a thousand reviews on Untapped. 
that's a lot of times to be reviewed on a daily basis. Most people don't get reviewed that many times on a daily basis. And being the only brewer, it does feel like they're reviewing me as a person. Um, and, and it's hard to go from, like, what are the one to five scales that I have in my life? Uber, basically, that's it. And you think about, like, would I accept a ride from an Uber driver who had less than a 4.5? <laughs> no, I sure wouldn't. And so I think I speak for people who don't use Untapped in that when you open up the app and you're like, if, if you were not in the beer scene, and you were to stumble upon untapped or a brewery's untapped ratings, you might, you know, be negatively influenced, yeah. even if it's a four-star brewery. You know, you're looking at some of these beers that you liked, and you see that they're rated in the threes, and you're like, oh, I guess it wasn't that good after all. Um, now, I mean, you could wax poetic for a while that, well, it's a one-to-five scale. Why are we neglecting everything but you know like why is why is a three bad it's right. above half i right. get that i understand that it's, um it's a weird thing you know because some people will create bud light four and a half out of five it's hard but, i mean and some people will write a nine and a half percent hazy ipa collaboration of three and it's like it's completely backwards rings it it's true um i mean our, our jungle the first day we had and the text of the reviews never lines up with what the review is or it does sometimes if it's really negative but uh, like we had a, a review that said this beer is exactly what it should be for the style 4 out of 5 and it's like how could I do better than that if the, it is the style <laughs> yeah. why is it not the style like why didn't you rate it as such right? it, it's strictly based on style and nailed it why is it it, it that to me that that should be the definition of a five yeah. but i'm also very i don't know obsessed with the style guidelines of of different beer types so i do i mean i there's plenty of like sours and ipas you know rules need not apply of course yeah. but you know it it's just one of those things you know you, but then you click on that guy's profile he's rated a thousand beers and his average rating is a three three so obviously he loved the beer. He yeah. gave it way higher than he normally does. Most so people won't do that though. Yeah. Most people won't go, oh well, let's see why he gave that and exactly. click on his profile to see exactly. his as the brewer, as the guy getting the reviews, yeah, yeah I'm doing that. <laughs> right. I'm doing it less obsessively as time goes on. Right. Um <laughs> I mean in the end the opinions on that. Right. The sales will speak for themselves. Exactly. Right. You made it through a pandemic and you were still here. So you have two guys that actually are drinking your beer. Auto <laughs> so, work might have to get up early the next morning. So much so <laughs> that you did a podcast of that. Yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it is tricky. And, you know, I wish, I mean, I do not blame the untapped community. I blame untapped. I mean, I think that they have built something that naturally turned into what I would consider a somewhat toxic environment. Um, and I think that's on the owners of the platform. Untapped, I'm calling you out. Um, <laughs> yeah. they, they have no uh, rec recommendations on what, a, what their rating system should be. There's no 
like guide or FAQ for a new user to interpret these rules. There's there's nothing. They've done nothing. They've just kind of let it spiral into what it is. And I would never, ever tell a consumer to change their mind on what they think about something. That's your ultimate power as a consumer. And if these are the rules that were given to you and you decided to interpret them this way, then that's what you did and, and that's what's right for you. So like, I, I don't have any ill will towards any untapped user interpreting the app through their own lens because Untapped's done nothing to recommend any, recommend anything else. Right, Untapped's kind of the Jersey Shore. <laughs> you know, it's so popular now and it's, it's kind of ridiculous. I used to think that way up here in Ashley. But those are kind of more stock people than Untapped's things. In yeah. My I, don't, I don't even, I'm not even sure that we're on here at some, um, some people, some of the beers I check in from Nashville aren't even listed as a beer on I don't have the time. It's <laughs> not worth the time, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, that was really good, by the way. It was. That was really good. I think I need a rinse break real quick. Sure. I think we're going to, if you guys are okay, get into the lightning round of the next section. Yeah. Do we um, have any other final questions? I feel like I ended on just ranting against Untapped. No. Uh, <laughs> you got to be uh, careful. You get so, me on Untapped. So, 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 <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say real quick, our, our rating system is just a, that we agree with each other when we do these three is order again because it, it didn't exactly blow your mind but you would drink the shit out of it on tap you know and uh, or you would even more so buy it in a can whether it be a four or six pack or anything like that yeah. and, and, and it, it's just conceptually i think that that's fine you know i i think that if that i i would love it if untapped were to to take yes. your advice and, and set it and, as a, an FAQ like, standard. Yeah, right? like yeah. number one is there's something, number one and below is there's something wrong with this beer. Like I think they might have either given me the wrong beer or like there's like yeah. it's rotting or something terrible. Yeah, yeah, two is I wish I hadn't have bought that. But, you know, two and a half is like I don't regret it, yeah. but I'm not going to drink this again. Three, order it again. Setting a standard. You know, yeah. like yeah, something like that. Yeah, they don't do that though. No. I mean, it's, you know, they let new users log in and it's just whatever they want it to be and they can kind of create their own. And that goes back to like, you know, we've seen, and nothing wrong with it, but we've seen Bud Lights being given a five. <laughs> and then we've seen like Dogfish Head 120 Minute IPA given a 1.5 be like, oh, too sweet or oh, too hot. Yeah. That's what you're getting in for. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an 18% yes. 120 IBU. IPA, it's going to be sweet, it's going to be boozy, it's going to be that, so don't knock the rating because of that, Yeah. but, you know, it's, again, you can't call out a consumer, but you can you can definitely put the responsibility on the platform developer and the owners and say, hey, set a standard, and this is how you should function. Yeah, it is funny, our, our probably our most polarizing beer is our coffee stout, uh, it's very coffee forward. It is very, the Celtic Grounds, <laughs> yeah. It's very coffee forward. And, and you look at the reviews and it's either a low review that says too much coffee or a high review that says so much coffee. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's actually, I'm actually okay with that because either way, the reviews are getting the point across. Yeah, don't, yes. if you don't like coffee, don't order that beer. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's really, that's kind of the, how I see the reviews. It's really, if you don't have a comment, then your opinion is kind of eh. Yeah. But it's like, uh, I don't know. 
lot of reputation management for healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. and it's also on a five star base system. It's not good. And uh, no one can defend against that unless you already have 200 reviews over the one thing or business. Uh, beers are across the board if you have so many styles, there's no way you can build it against one. Whereas the professional people who have their one business profile can build up a I still, as a person searching for a primary care, anything above 3.5 is kind of, okay, that's, we can establish something, but anything below that kind of scares me. Yeah. And yet I rate my beers at a three if I like it, <laughs> right? I give beer a little more room in my opinion than a healthcare professional. <laughs> so it's one of those weird things. It's I mean, maybe you should, like, I guess yeah. the healthier is a little more important. <laughs> Beer's for my health. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a weird thing. This five, five out of five rating system is just bogus. It's more fun than it is yeah. any kind of reasoning behind it, really. It's just, yeah. Have fun with it, but try to put some logic to it. Yeah. <laughs> I do have one question to kind of close this out before we get yeah. into the lightning round. Why crazy? Oh boy! All I right. can't honestly. I, I don't know if that's a, if we should get into that you know description. No, that's fine. We're drinking beers, but like I, Mitch mentioned at the beginning, you know, before we started, like he hadn't really listened to much of it. Yeah, I have, and I still don't understand where Crazy Gnome came from. So like, okay, where why Crazy Gnome? It was, Red Hat. I get the whole yeah. Red Hat thing, but like, is that the inspiration for it, or is there something before that? So, cut to me in high school. Uh, my friends and I had a YouTube channel that we called Crazy Gnome because uh, I'm a little on the shorter side and it was crazy. I was lighting myself on fire. I was teaching people how to make homemade explosives with homemade ingredients. A lot of anarchist cookbook type stuff. A lot of those videos are taken down. <laughs> violated terms of service. Yeah, whatever uh, that means, right? <laughs> and... So that, that was the channel that we had going on for a while, just stupid high school stuff. And, and as you know, I started homebrewing, I, I just, I always loved that brand. It didn't really catch on that much. We had like 4,000 subscribers. It was a tiny channel, but you know, that was like my personal brand, like my alter ego as I went into the corporate world and you know, got my college degrees and just did accounting. You know, I always had the crazy known side of myself that's kind of what got connected to the brewing beer. And we like this image of, you know, this, this mischievous gnome out there in the woods, making a whole lot of beer, burning things down, you know, that, that kind of imagery. We, we couldn't escape it, you know, it just stuck at that point, you know, the yeah, thought was in our head. It makes sense. Not everything has to have some sort of like deep psychological, like meaning to something when you something it could be just this is what i was doing in high school and it just kind of followed me through my alter ego that's right tire fire car melting liquids and uh, mario fireballs into set files once, <laughs> once you get a tire burning it's yeah. hard to put out that's right <laughs> it's yeah. they're hard to start and they're hard to stop yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> well let's take a rinse break 
and yeah. we're gonna clean the glasses out, and then we're gonna bust out the lightning round beers, and then we'll just go from there. Sounds good. Let's we'll do it. We'll be right back. standing right now but it's kind of hard to <laughs> I think it was so just to kind of run us back through these real quick so we started out with the red hat ale which is a 5% red ale and from there we moved to the je ne sais quoi mm -hmm. Belgian Saison sitting at a cool 6.3% and then we jumped all the way up to 9.5% Hazy Double IPA collaboration between Harding House and Crazy Mill called Bison Lung Lions uh, and then we wrecked our palate with a don't be a sucker sour saison at 5.3%. So and these weren't just tasters. These were, they were generous. Yeah. <laughs> They've been very generous with us tonight. So going into the lightning round, feeling a little bit good. Yeah. Um, the purpose of this one is to kind of try something that we all haven't had before necessarily. So um, we're starting out with some proper sake. Mitch, do you want to be the one to kind of take us into this one? I do. I'm actually uh, pulling up the description. This one was kind of a release a while back. Uh, I would say end of September. Uh, and I, I've been saving all the uh, descriptions that he creates for these. Uh, I know it's got koji in it, and that's kind of what the extra haze is in this beer. It is an IPA. Um, it's a little monsuta, little mm -hmm. monster. So okay, uh, I like the name. It's a little catchy to me just because uh, I have a little weed inside. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've had a few. We actually talked to um, we actually talked to Proper Saki a few weeks back and got a chance to try some of their uh, koji and sake inspired IPAs before. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to remember the two that we had, uh, but. One of them was very champagne-like, and the other one was kind of more West Coast IPA, kind of a little bit more dank. It was less dry, um, but more double IPA-ish. I think it was, I can't remember if it was higher in any year or not, but both of them were very enjoyable. Yeah, the double Monsuta. Double Monsuta. And then yeah. there was a special one that was all, all Koji. Koji. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Yes. That was, it has a very specific lightness and taste. Little sweetness to it. I don't know. It was real special. Yeah, it was awesome. So this one is a, a Kyoto IPA, juicy hops of an American IPA with the elegance of umami. Uh, the IPA is fermented with sake cultures for a unique rendition on the popular favorite is guaranteed to wet a whistle. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's got an interesting little idea to it. Uh, sake cultures. So maybe I'm a little wrong on that. But so. When I'm thinking of koji, I'm thinking of the enzyme that they use to turn rice into a fermentable grain. Right. Is there is there rice in this, or are they just using that to transform mm -hmm. barley? I think the latter. Okay, that's interesting. That's what I remember too. Yeah. Not that there would be anything wrong with proper sake company. Right, right. <laughs> using rice in their beers. I mean, right. come on. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> there is that uh, quote. Came to 
and we had a conversation with Byron a few weeks ago about some of the stuff that he's put forth and, and his his kind of jump into beers from just sake was kind of pandemic related as well the fact that you know he had to be able to make something that people had ordered lots of and took home with them right. and that was kind of where the whole mixed the sake inspired infused with beer before and that's kind of how he's this line came about so i know i like sake but i don't know a whole lot about it and i normally get the cheap hot sake that they keep on the grill in front of you at the, uh, at, the, at the Japanese restaurant, when you're sitting around yep. the. Um, so the I mean, I've I've experimented with some of the chilled ones with some of the different flavors. I know I like them a lot, but well, I mean, I'm not exact. I would not consider myself very cultured when it well, comes. What I'm super impressed about Tapasaki is I never a expected a sake brewer to touch B. He does Yamaha styles, which are, they've got more umami to them, and you might be familiar with what you get, which is a clear addition that they heat up for you at the Hibachi, but if you ordered a bottle, it's clear, so it's Junmai or Junmai Jinjo or something, so it's uh, it's almost uh, super refined. Uh, I, there's a lot of disparity kind of between the styles, but they all have a specific reason for being the way they are, and Yamaha has a and that's what excites me the most about proper sake and really got me interested in it. It's just, you don't find that style anywhere on the shelf if you're in the beer. Um, that and there's a, I, I am a fan of those unfiltered sake. It's all served cold uh, and, and they're delicious. Uh, just the beer things he's done this year have blown me away. But anyway, I know I'm kissing that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had this one. I don't think I've had this one. See, I'm interested to see what you think of it because mm -hmm. I would say that this beer has, you know, zero sour but a lot of funk to it coming from the mixed cultures that really? they used. Um, so I, you know, you just described yourself as someone who doesn't like sours that have funk. Yeah. I mean, is that take is are those aspects taken away from this for you, or do you think it's nice when it doesn't have sour? So I can answer that question directly. Um, I do not get. Yeah. we talked about earlier. I'm getting a little bit of that. I'm getting some dryness uh, on the finish. Uh, and then it just, it's clean all throughout. So I don't, I personally, my palate doesn't get any sour, any tart. I don't get any funky flavors even mm -hmm. in this. Um, to me, it's all clean. That nose confuses me. It definitely does. So to that point. Are you getting funk on the nose? Yes. <laughs> so I, that's that's what I was gonna make my way back around to the nose. I should have started there first. When I smelled this, yeah. I went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I'm about to get into something that I'm probably not going to sit back and enjoy. But Mitch said it was confusing because, and I don't know if this is what he would say, but it tastes different than how it smells. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. 
I'm getting a little... I'm getting a little funk, but I'm not surprised at that. I mean, it's a mixed-cultured, you know, IPA. I mean, I think that they wanted some funk in there. And I, for one, don't mind that at all. If I were happy enough with how our brew house, you know, treated wastewater, I would be doing more funk beers myself, but I just am avoiding it for infection's sake. So this is always welcome when I when I get these sort of flavor profiles. <laughs> Somebody else gets to do yeah, the work exactly. and you get to enjoy it, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting little IPA. Um, does it have the ABV on it, Mitch? I, I didn't see it on the bottle. I was about yeah. to ask the same thing. Yeah, I'll see if I can find that. If I had to guess? Yeah, that'll be an interesting conversation. I'm going to guess 7.3. Give me a decimal. Down to the I'll decimal. give you a decimal. It's a little I'll, even, I'll even give you 0.2 either way. Uh, okay. So it could be either 7.1 <laughs> or 7.5. Are you talking about no, no, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying you got to give us a guess down to the decimal. Oh, give. Uh, and you can't, yeah. And you, I get it. I have I a think, little battle now. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. What, I said 7.3. That's right. You said 7.3. Don't you don't you price is right me? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't close this without going over bottle. <laughs> uh, I'm actually gonna go the other way. I'm gonna say like six five. Okay. Yeah. We call it a little more super. Seeing if it's in the past releases here and if we've listed it. There's the Koji one. So the, inter- the interesting thing about Byron when he does like all of these sake and style beers, like it's sake style beers or inspired beers is a lot of times, and this is probably a good thing in most instances, but the only reason why they're on untapped is because somebody creates it and like right. four or five people end up having it right. and that's it. So, you know, a lot of times you don't know the difference other than the description that they copy and paste from the, the board at the, yeah. at the, or whatever into a path. So I actually don't know the so we don't know. of this beer. <sighs> We're both wrong. Six point five, you said seven three? Yeah. Okay. Still looking Any guesses? Or are you kind of all over the map on it? Yeah, like it's I mean I feel like it's definitely somewhere around there. I don't know. I would say definitely. I was thinking that you had to have it on the bottle. You know, Byron, pretty decently. You could pop in next time and ask him about it. Yeah, it's only 8.18 on my Settle a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mitch might actually roll by there tonight if he can. I don't know. He's probably done brewing or doing whatever he needs. Um, so the nose, yes, is where I get the, the funkiness to it. Um, the taste for me kind of ends Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but the, the funkiness is on the nose, and it's very confusing because smelling that, I was going, what am I getting myself into? What am I about to drink? And that's not at all what I experienced. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, the hops are, of course, coming through pretty strong. 
I'd be interested interested to see what they had in terms of pops. Yeah, very curious. I make most of my hop guesses off of the aroma, unfortunately. So that's <laughs> the. I'm surprised we don't have air fresheners that are hot. You know what I mean? Like, there's some. That there's a market for that. There is. <laughs> I want to instead of the coffee grounds in my like pen, whatever the Spencer thing is, it's more hot. So compact it, whatever. You want to get into you want to get into your car after a long day's work, and you want to smell. Fresh off like the yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not going to help you when you get pulled over. That's true. That's true. I'll offer some dry hops. <laughs> Here's a bag. It's not what you think it is, officer, I promise. <laughs> this is a really surprising thing. I don't know. It's weird. When, I, when you smell it, you get defensive. You drink it, you're like, ah, oh, that's not really bad. Yeah, and it's mild and nice. I think it's higher than you think. Now, if it's bottle conditioned, yeah. then that's just, we have no we idea. It can be a mass spectrometer. I don't think it's a bottle. So, that's a good non answer. I know. I'm thinking. <laughs> so, still, <laughs> what an answer nonetheless. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll go. I'm going to round it to midway. <laughs> it seems uh, I feel like it's a little monster the name kind of makes me sway to the other side so, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. and there is a double mon monster and uh, I bet that was double heavy. monsuta was in the actually you know what though double monsuta was not as heavy as we were saying I think it was around the Because I, I honestly thought I honestly thought the double monsuta was higher in ABV, but they were both double IPAs. It was just one was brewed with more monsuta uh, than the other. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, the double IPA style. There's not a. There's officially not a triple IPA. So right. Uh, double IPA goes up to like eleven or twelve, I think. Here in Tennessee, you have to have an additional permit to brew anything over ten point one. Right. So it used to be lower than that. It did. Thanks, Yazoo. Yeah. <laughs> six, six something. Right? It was six something, six yeah. It, it was it was absurdly low. Yeah. Getting that bump to ten point one really gave that I mean yeah, the the you know, it's really cool how the Tennessee brewers that fought through opening and all of our constrictive laws then fought the legislation to make it easier for other breweries. You look at other states, I'm gonna name drop Utah. Uh, Utah has very constrictive laws when it comes to brewing. Like, you see double IPAs over there that are 3%. Um, because to be sold in a grocery store, you have to be below 5. Um, I almost want to try That's 3% double IPA. There's some delicious stuff going on, but you learn, you think, you immediately think, hey, these laws are being kept in place by the Mormon church. That's not true anymore. They're actually being kept in place by the breweries that exist there. They 
fight to keep these laws in place because it prevents other breweries from being able to open and it prevents a competitive marketplace. Uh, calling you out, large brewers of Utah. A lot of the, I, it, it's, and all these stories come, we actually bought our equipment secondhand from a smaller Utah brewery that, that was uh, just kind of opening our eyes to, to some of the politics that were going yeah. on in their state as some of the smaller breweries were like, we want to grow, but we literally can't afford to grow because <laughs> we're having to make water. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they don't, none of the smaller breweries have like the political power to get laws changed. Um, where here, I feel like, you know, just a great thing about Tennessee is it doesn't really seem, at least to me, at least at my level, it doesn't really seem to be much of a difference between large brewers and small brewers. We're all fighting for the same thing, and that's to make craft beer a bigger part of the marketplace. That's what you want. Yeah. It, it never ceases to amaze me that when you're looking at, it's a good point, macro beer world, when you're looking at big three, like Miller, Coors, and I'm like, those guys are fighting for market share against yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. And then they're finally starting to realize that some of these craft breweries are coming to take their space and they can't compete. So the answer is to buy them yeah, up. Exactly. You know, but if you're looking at like you would never you would never see two macro breweries collab to create something. One, because it wouldn't taste much different. But number <laughs> but number two, they're not out to they're not out to try to increase the awareness for good beer. They're there to dominate market share. And while the goal is to either be able to get as big as somebody like Google or big enough to be acquired by them. Yeah. In the meantime, craft breweries are collaborating with other craft breweries because, you know, it's it's fun to take market share away from big guys, like no doubt about that. But at the same time, as a brewery, you are not sitting there going, how can I put these guys down the street out of business? Oh, for sure. How can I do that? Instead, you're going, we're going to put your name up on the board. <laughs> you guys can collaborate with us, and then we'll share the same beer at each tap room. Yeah, at 100%. I mean, even before we opened, uh, you know, several breweries in town, you know, were very helpful uh, to us. Some rather large ones as well that probably, I mean, honestly, at their size don't need the headache of yet another brewery opening um but it's just the spirit right now it's it's just so collaborative and it's i don't know it's been a really fun uh community that's good to hear that kind of space yeah yeah exactly
you know, you buy your ticket, and then you get the four beers plus a special variant of Dark Lord Day. Um, because they're not doing the event this year, they still brew the beer, so the tickets are a little bit cheaper this year. Uh, like shy thirty dollars. Yeah, it's 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 still expensive <laughs> as hell, but we're driving up to get our beers. But what we're drinking here is actually last year's Dark Lord Day beer. So this is a 2019 Dark Lord Day Imperial Russian Stout. I think it sits at like 18%. Roughly around that. Yeah. And it is, it's heavy. It's uh, syrupy, like maple syrup. It's dark. It's the, it's the definition of an Imperial Stout, but it is super tasty. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I look forward to having it when I go to this festival. Because all I do is What, what is the pour of Dark Lord at Dark Lord Day? Three out? What? Price. Oh, price? <laughs> seven, <laughs> seven or eight bucks for yeah. like three ounce pours. <laughs> Ten bucks, maybe, for the older variants. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, yeah. you know, gotta have it. Uh, Marshmallow Angie is one of the super sought out things there. And uh, we were lucky to get our hands on that. Even. It was thanks to the people in front of us that. Extra tasters to hand out to people online, and that's the thing about Dark Lord Day is it's you buy your ticket to get the beer and to get into the event. All the pours that you get are extra, um, but it's amazing to see the craft beer community come together because you're interested in everybody hanging out, being together. You're drinking these rare beers that you can't find, but everybody's interested in sharing with one another. So if somebody comes through and orders four of the same beers, they turn around and they just pass it back to the person. So it's an incredible, it's an incredible it's, experience. That's definitely not 2020 friendly. It's not 2020 <laughs> friendly. Maybe it'll be 2021 friendly, Grayson. Yeah, yeah. Right now it's not 2020 friendly. Please. So already I'm looking at this, oh, this nice brown foam on there. Yeah. Uh, good brown head. Um, on the nose, what do you get? I'm getting... Dark sweetness. Okay. Dark sweetness. <laughs> Dark sweetness. Almost like molasses. Yep. Okay. It's like black licorice. Licorice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get... That's actually one of the descriptions on it, so that's exactly right. What's that in your pocket? It's some descriptions. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a cheat sheet. <laughs> As I'm drinking something that's erasing my mind. Almost a little erasing. I was going to mention the fact that I'm picking up on some kind of fruit. Raisin, um, perhaps? I, don't, I, I couldn't pick out if it was raisin or whatever, but I'm going to dive in, man. Go for it. Sorry, this is 15. That's a light beer. Oh, shit. That's, that's a punch. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, some vanilla. <clears throat> right. Vanilla? Okay. It's like I a, get that. I, I'm sure this thing has a much higher IBU than I think it does, but I'm getting 
There's like, there, I'm getting next to zero bitterness. Okay. I'm getting really, uh, very sweet. Obvious, obviously, the viscosity is is high. It's very yeah. syrupy, like you said, but that's not a bad thing. Um, There's no IBU count on this that I could find, even just going like right to your beer and stuff like that. Uh, well, not for the it's, 2019 anyway. It's but you're right, it's, the, the earlier years have had uh, IBU counts in the 40s. So definitely higher than probably what you thought it was. But I think that's attributed to the higher ABV and the sweetness of the molasses. It's yeah. High. Yeah, it's it's really tricky. In fact, I bet if those IBUs weren't there, this would be disgustingly yeah. sweet. Um, you know, the sweetness, it hits you way up front. You, I, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm biting into some sort of dried fruit um, from a trail mix, so it's got some chocolate in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned raisins. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I, I taste the kind of more of a chocolatey I think I think I'm eating uh, yeah trail trail mix that's yeah, mostly dark chocolate and and dry like no nuts obviously well I don't know maybe a little bit but but it it doesn't necessarily so here's a question then if you're not drinking your beer because you're obviously probably biased towards your own stuff but you want something else what do you drink right now I'm I'm very situational. Um, I think that I love the seasonal progression of beers. So we're getting into colder weather. I'm gravitating towards darker stuff. So I am seeking out these heavier stouts. So I'm very thrilled that I'm having this right now. Um, (laughs) I'm going to let this one warm up a bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. That'll be. I don't know how long it's been sitting out for, what it was chilled to do, but what is the ideal temperature typically? Like 50? Yeah, for, for Dark for dark Lord, it was in the mid-50s. So probably a little bit warmer than what we're drinking now. I was just curious what flavor it's good. It's been so long since I've had one. Will it just be even sweeter? Probably. It might be a little <laughs> It might be a little more bitter. True. I don't know. It does have that raisin note to it. Maybe that'll be... But yeah, darker stuff for sure. Um, it's stout season. I had, um, oh man, I don't remember the brewery. A collection, just talking about how amazing the craft beer industry is. After we were hit by the tornado, my CCTV footage was still rolling on a battery backup. So don't cut my power and think you can break in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got that one. You got yeah. that covered, right? Yeah, I got it covered for at least 30 yeah. minutes. Uh, <laughs> it actually lasted for hours. Um, but it kind of went viral online. It's a really interesting video of our brew house just getting destroyed by a tornado. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, uh, appre- you gotta yeah. appreciate. I mean, like yeah. viral in the br- brewing community yeah, anyway. Press is good for us. Press. <laughs> I skipped 
leaning on news for some reason. <laughs> I was not right. <laughs> close to that. But a collection of uh, Calgary breweries sent me a gift package of, really? of some of their beers. And I still have a few of their... Uh, this all happened as weather was getting warmer. A bunch of them were stouts. I still have a few of their stouts in my fridge. And I'm just waiting. So I broke out one of the these uh, imperial stouts. I mean, I don't know. I'm a sucker for a good imperial stout when I'm cold. Yes. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> oh, people love that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything barrel-aged, really. I go back to in terms of imperial stouts. For whatever reason, my mind always goes to burial mm. in Asheville, North Carolina. So yeah. they're obviously good with every beer that they make. Yeah. Their IPAs are super good, and their stouts are super good. Yep. When they barrel-aged something, it's like... Oh, who makes the Mexican hot chocolate? Uh, oh, right. No, I'm thinking of something out of North Carolina or maybe at Georgia. We had a we had a Mexican hot chocolate from um, Torta when we were there that's in true. Atlanta a couple of years ago, but that's probably not the one you're thinking. Either way, it's a great style. Yeah, it is. The cinnamon, the the kind of the spiciness to me of the stout is a little. I wouldn't call it a turnoff. It's just not something. Yeah, you got to do it right. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I I don't know. The only time I've been able to handle anything over medium from Bolton's Hot Chicken was when I had this insane Imperial Stout with me that I brought to oh, Bolton's. And <laughs> so I'm in, in a 13% Imperial Stout. <laughs> That you're chugging you because your mouth is on fire. You don't use a cup, okay? You're drinking yeah. from the bomber. And you're still sweating and you're still miserable the next day. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. I grew up on Bolton's and Princeton's here. And now I, 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 it's, I'm due for a Bolton's visit over medium. <laughs> my, my, my whole body just hates me after what, 20 some odd years of hot chicken. Bolton's does not mess around. No. <laughs> I love that dry, like, rub kind of peppering. All the Chinese pepper. That fish, chicken on spit. Mm. God, it's all good. I don't know. It, it's funny to me, uh, on a hot chicken note, uh, I don't know what pepper fire is doing these days. But uh, the first time I went to pepper fire, I ordered the hottest chicken they had. Because <laughs> that's kind of how I gauge hot chicken after growing up on it. I know, like, my experiences over time with the two main ones that were here, the Prince and Bolton's, and then all of these others that have come in, and uh, so I go with the hottest chicken when I usually go to a new place, and Pepper Fire's cashier told me, what hot chicken have you ate before? <laughs> Immediately, I was like, Prince's, and they, okay. I was like, what, why did you even ask that? I've never been asked that before. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh shit, shots fired. All right. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I don't go there. <laughs> but, you know, I hear they have good chicken. So it's fine. Uh, it's been awesome. I'll I, stick I, up I, for Hattie B's. It's yes. delicious. It's tasty. But, it's like you know, fish, it's like I'm. Sugar, right? Or sugary hot? Or 
Yeah, that's what I a little bit. Yeah, that's tasty. which is good. Yeah, <laughs> you're talking to somebody who, yeah, I rarely go over medium. Uh, at Bolton's, will go over their like wow. next to last, yeah, thing that they have. <laughs> I think you uh, and I are on the same level <laughs> hot chicken. Like I like the idea of hot chicken in that I love spice. I love Indian food because it's got such a blend of spices. It's yes. interesting, and yes. so finally we've got fried chicken that's interestingly spiced. But the heat, I don't know. I don't need. I don't want my food to challenge me. No, yeah. <laughs> Some days I, I appreciate it. Other days I don't. Normally it's the day after you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, there's always regret. Hot chicken sounds good right now. It does, but uh, especially with this. Uh, you, you'd be able to eat anything. Yes. <laughs> this is a fire hydrant. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a lot of good beers today. A lot of good beers. We can't thank you guys enough. Honestly. Thanks I mean, for coming this out. This was just a. It was a fun time. And I were here on Saturday just kind of catching up with what you guys had. Um, actually had a couple tonight that I hadn't had before uh, and was very surprised by it, especially the sour state on. I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, and to be able to also in return share something with you guys in return for your gratitude, we can't thank you guys enough. Um, closing thoughts from you guys, whether it be beer in general or just this is kind of like you guys' 30 seconds to either plug whatever you want or just whatever you want. It's open to you because it's it's an informal forum, but at the same time, this is about you guys also. I still want to know what three favorite beers are. Oh, shit. <laughs> and there's lightning questions, too, I think. Yeah, lightning <laughs> questions. Um, three favorite beers. Three favorite beers. Okay. All right. All right. I got this. It's not a big deal. Don't worry. Don't panic. <laughs> I mean, I've already said Erdinger and Dunkel Bites in. I think yeah. I, I think I gotta continue so we'll to. One, yeah, I think I gotta continue to keep that on the list. Um, I am going to give Mantra's Saffron IPA on on there. Okay. Um, I mean, you could probably substitute that one for a couple of other ones <clears throat> that Mantra's done. I think they've done some really cool stuff, and I really enjoy some of the more unique twists they've done on. Um, they definitely don't do the, this is a regular IPA, this is a regular style. Like Guru Geesh is kind of a, a different take on that style of beer. Saffron IPA, I've never, actually never had saffron in an IPA before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but they do it right. Yeah. You know, Mantra is, is good. I've been there a couple of times. Are they in Brentwood? No, they're based out of Bray. That's right. Cool Springs, Brentwood area? Uh, no, actually, you're both right. They started out in Franklin, Cool Springs. And then Springs, they have Hop Springs. And now they're only in Hop Springs. They've sold their Cool Springs location. Yeah, interesting. I okay. think it might be, I think it briefly went to Mill Creek and then now is in the so hands of Turtle Anarchy. I know they have the project, but they also have Steel Mantra, Barrel. Steel, or Steel Barrel, yeah. Steel, yeah. I forgot about Steel Barrel. Yeah. Which is, is amazing, right? So you have a brewery that, you know, was blessed by a celebrity chef to open given you know really great budget and then they turn around and they start investing in a local school to build mm -hmm. a brewing program yeah i mean i'm from murfreesboro okay like, that's where i live currently cool so i understand that yeah whole... i mean i just think that's a really nice uh, cool way to take your business you know mm -hmm. you start investing in the future i yep. think that's really cool and it doesn't hurt that they make amazing beer right. um 
some of the stuff from Steel Barrel is very hit or miss. But you'd expect, it's, a, it's a student-run brewery. You know? exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. And I think their goal is they create, like Steel Barrel, you'll never see them making a saffron IPA. Like they're not, they're not doing stuff like that. Steel Barrel is making a basic red ale, a basic pale ale, a basic IPA, because they're, they're teaching their students the definition of what a red ale is, what a pale yeah. ale is. Yeah. And then from there, you can kind of catapult on and do something else. But you'll never you'll never walk into Steel Barrel and find something other than like a Kolsch or pale ale or just a basic beer because they're teaching their students what to start. With. Yeah. yeah, 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 and yeah, definitely. I, I I mean I just I have lots of respect for them. Yeah. And then number three on my list um, again like. Sorry, I'm not really giving you straight answers here, but it would be something from Urban Farm Fermentary and Groot Brewing Company. Groot Brewing Company. Um, so they're out of Portland, Maine. Okay. <clears throat> they do a bunch of really weird stuff with Groot styles and like beer slash vinegars and, and like odd things. I had couple of flights there when I when I was visiting Portland and I was impressed by everything even if some of it was gross it was still pushing my senses in a really cool situation and they knew it like they're they're like our tasters are five ounces theirs were two ounces like they knew like this is this weird herb like you're gonna drink two ounces of this yeah you're gonna want something else (laughs) exactly right because we made a beer out of yarrow and no one's done that no one's done that for 500 years since they discovered hops yeah (laughs) Yeah. and what's the name of the brewery urban ferment uh fermentary urban Urban farm fermentary um is that something we can get here no no definitely uh, super small batch. I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't know if they have any. How do you they land would... a URL like fermentary.com? Wait, is that what they landed? Yes. Wow. <laughs> they signed up early. They yeah, did. They yeah. That's awesome. Tasting room tap list. And I'm sure they've got a bunch of weird stuff on there right now. Maybe not. I don't know how 2020 is going for them. But they've got kombucha. They've got meats. They've got beers. Pumpernickel. A beer brewed with local blue ox malt house roasted rye malt and caraways, carway seeds. I would drink that for sure. Curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so one thing again, like that they did that I really, I don't know. Maybe I kind of want to replicate here in Nashville, but I, I don't know. We'll see how things go. But. What they've done is they've really engaged the community in learning about what weeds are growing in their yards and what plants those actually are. And then paying the local populace, basically, not, I think they get like a free beer to pay for every pound of stuff they come in, bring in, but to like let these weeds grow, these yeah. local herbs, cut them and they'll, they'll, the roof of the tap room is all lined with uh, herb dryers. And they're drying these herbs that they then use in some of their later beers. So the community is bringing in the local herbs, locally grown just as weeds around town, uh, to be used in some of these hyper-experimental beers that they're doing. Not even beers. Uh, Gruits. Because <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I, when I did the search, 
I did a search for um, urban farm fermentary and grew brewing company. Yeah. Came up. It's the same yeah. URL. Yeah. 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 I so, thought you were mentioning two different. Oh, breweries. sorry. And it's the same. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I, I was yeah. stumbling through the entire name. <clears throat> Gosh, paying somebody to keep weed in their yard. That's something. Exactly. That. <laughs> exactly. As a guy that lives in an HOA neighborhood, that's a dream for me. I'd love to be able to Well, but you got you got to let them get to maturity, though. <laughs> that's okay. I'm fine with that. That's less work for me. I <laughs> also agree with that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, that's... that. I just, I don't know. I really admired how they were connecting with their local community. And you know, they had the skill set to, to really know a lot, a whole, a whole lot about the local flora. I don't think I necessarily have that skill set, uh, but just finding ways to connect with your consumer base beyond just selling them things. Mm -hmm. I think that that's our goal. I don't know what that will look like for us exactly, but something we want to maybe do in the future. Yeah. Connect yeah. with us as consumers, other than just hey, Sound. we have good beer. Let me sell you some. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Actually, this list of three beers I've never heard of. Yeah, I mean that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> mantra, mantra, steel barrel, those guys, obviously. But I've never heard of these guys before. Urban farm fermentary and Druid. Druid. I'm I'm terrible with with beer names and but I mean, don't do a ton of drinking outside of Crazy Gnome. Is there a style that you prefer over over others? Uh, I like Crazy Gnome. I'm a huge fan of saisons. Okay. I also really like um, stouts like uh, just you know different uh, you know milk, chocolate, coffee stouts. Uh, yeah. First beer that I ever tried that I absolutely loved was sure. a, I think it was a, it was a milk stout. It was at that festival. Do you have any idea what oh. that was? <laughs> Do you think it was left-handed milk stout, or was it duck rabbit? Oh. Those were actually the two I was gonna ask about. <laughs> left-handed duck rabbit are like, in my opinion, that's the definition of a base milk stout. Like they're both really good. Yeah, yeah. they're both really good. <laughs> I don't, it, it I don't recall like, the specific. It was likely one of them. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll lock mm -hmm. down the uh, duck rabbit. Duck rabbit, no stop. <laughs> duck rabbit, no stop. <laughs> 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 Saisons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good styles, though. Yeah. Because you're, you're always going to get a little bit of a surprise from them, too. That's what I like about it. It's a lot of creativity can go into those. Yeah, it's easy, to, it's easy to take an IPA. I mean, you can make an IPA. Right, you can mm -hmm. do that, but at the end of the day, hops. Yeah, hops, 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 hops. <laughs> being able to take something like a saison or being something like a stout and make it unique and different, you know, I think it's it's easier to stand apart from the crowd with a stout than it is with something more hop. Because you can you 
hide bad flavors if you have enough hops in something. Hard to hide bad flavors in that stuff. So, yeah, it was good. Um, guys, we can't thank you very much enough. Um, it's been a good time just being able to drink you guys' beer, you know, and, and thank you for being in Nashville. It's been it's been a good time, and we really appreciate you guys having us here tonight. Mitch, closing thoughts. Well, I had I was trying to choose my three favorites. Okay. <laughs> Why don't I keep closing the three favorites? <laughs> I uh, so it's kind of hard for me. The the uh, so I really enjoyed the experience of Koji beer. Mm-hmm. So one of the Koji beers that I can't remember the name of is definitely a second, a close second, maybe a third. Okay. It's one of them. And it might might have been double monsoonta, and it might have been. One, whatever the one was the result so I can't remember the name of that one we talked about it briefly but it had such a unique taste with it it is definitely I'm a fan of sake so of course I hit really home yeah uh, so I'm going to go ahead and put that one on two whatever that would be <laughs> maybe we'll see it again next year I don't know uh, so for a third or, or number one I like the conversation so, or the sharing of a beer than the experience of the beer itself, kind of hearing like the multiple opinions and learning kind of, I guess, aspects. So right now it's still kind of that, I'm going to, part of me doesn't like saying it, but the 120, it's always uh, bringing people into a craft beer world, it'll wreck them, but <laughs> you're putting them on the spot to talk about it. You know what I yeah. mean? And you never know what they're going to say. And uh, you might, I, I think I could have probably been more polite with a stout <laughs> that was heavy than a, I, a, a 120-minute IPA, but uh, that one gets you talking pretty quickly. Yeah. You get reactions extremely fast. Yes. So I kind of enjoy that aspect of that one. So the, just the idea of that one, I, I really enjoy. It's not really a great number one, but um, it's polarizing. Though, it's polar because you can have people that drink 120 minute IPA that'll that are all the way on the positive side or they'll have people that are all the way on the other side be like, yeah, it's a good idea. But yeah. It's a Dogfish Head can be polarizing like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. As the as the microbrewery, you know, one of the bigger ones in the <laughs> microbrewery in the craft beer community. They're I mean they merged with Sam Adams. They're officially yes. macro now, right? Yeah. I mean like, I don't know. Congrats, right? Like yes. one of the craft boys did it. They, <laughs> they up and it. did it. They get like both you of them. Become Google or you become big enough to get bought by them. Yeah, and they but they probably both of those breweries probably at I don't know, maybe they've been offered before to be purchased. Maybe, yeah. And but they didn't. They did it, they made it there themselves. I I don't know. It takes a certain level of respect. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have any hatred towards them at all for, for getting that big. I think I it's know. I think it's I don't know something to shoot for like i don't i like as ridiculous as that sounds at least like somebody did it you yeah. know like it's not impossible to, to do it right i mean it is an achievement in a way and it, as far as i know they haven't really changed much of what they do i, I haven't plugged into their politics but i mean <laughs> i think they've moved more towards like they're staying with their base beers that they've had yeah. but then again i'm not in milton right so i mean i'm not I've only been to their brewery once, yeah. and I've had the unique stuff that they offer. But I think they've kind of more landed on like IPAs and sours and, and things like that. That they're sticking with the beers that they make year round. 
Yeah. Um, but I don't think in terms of like the ingredient list that they've changed, I don't think they've changed anything like that, which is a problem for a lot of microbreweries that get bought because at that point when you're bought by the bigger guys, it's net margin, right? Yeah, you it's have to use how can you squeeze more pennies out of a, of a bottle of beer? Yeah. Yeah. And my, my third is what I can't get. New Glarus Raspberry. That's cool. how good it tasted to me. Uh, <laughs> like, I like my fruity beers, but yeah. uh, some fruity beers don't hit the same way. And the raspberry tart from New Glarus really knocked it out of the park. And I only had one bottle, but it sold me. Though so I, I, I have to get a trade one of these days for some of those. But those are, that's definitely in my top three current. Uh, I haven't had any other New Glarus yet. So. Yeah, okay, that works. I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's really just an open field, you know. Just getting the feel of how your palate is now. And, and it'll change tomorrow. Yeah. That's right. You know? Or at least next, next season yep. when the weather is different. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, but it's been a good time. I think I think it's been great. Um, I'll just say that I liked it warmed up. Yep. I had uh, my last few sips, and uh, it was a lot more like a candy bar this time. Yep. Um, it, it's definitely, I think the sweet spot is a warmer state. Okay. You guys ex- kind of get the same thing out of it, or was it better cold? Chilled versus warm? I mean, warmed up? I'm definitely getting more of the candy state. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and whatever carbonation that was there was totally gone. Um, yeah. 
I mean, it's hard to say. It was a little cleaner when it was colder, um, but I got a lot more flavor, and all of the flavor was good when it was warmer. So, I guess if I was trying to drink a lot of it, I'd prefer it colder, but if I was trying to savor what is a very hard-to-find bottle, then I'd probably be drinking more. I've drank a bottle of it before. would not recommend it. <laughs> not a good idea. But this has been awesome. We appreciate you guys. Um, can't thank you guys enough for being able to come down and share your beers with us and us being able to share our beers with you. So um, if you're not drinking beer, start drinking beer. If you're drinking beer, keep drinking craft beer. If you've never had craft beer before, Crazy Note Brewery, Nashville. Very good list of beers, very good sours, good IPAs, good red ales. Everything we've had tonight has been a great experience. So come check them out downtown. I know we're going to be back multiple times. Right. We'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Cheers.